Carter, hand me my thinking grenades. Where'd you get these? Shh, Carter, I'm thinking. Uh-huh. Oh my god, he's dead! That might work. What's happening? I got it! I got the horses in the back, horse tack is attached, hat is Maddie Black, got the boots that fly to match. Riding on a horse, you can whip your Porsche. I'm a fat guy. You kidding? Duh. <laughs> hey everybody, and welcome to Frickin' Sweet, a week by week, episode by episode look back at Family Guy twenty years later, as well as the executor of all things erotically awesome. I am your Family Guy and host Ian, and I am here to tickle the erogenous zones of your ears. And this week we have a sensual sexual, at least for the first half episode, called Peterotica. Giggity giggity, giggity goo, stick around. This is season four's 24th episode and our 74th episode overall. It's also volume four's 11th episode if you're following along on the DVDs. It was directed by Kurt Dumas and written by Patrick Meehan. They both do a fantastic job. This episode debuted April 23rd, 2006, and had a couple of guest stars like Betty White playing herself and Tamara Mallory of Sister Sister fame playing a, another character. This episode is awesome. Like I said, it's only about erotica for like the first half and then it becomes Peter trying to help a formerly rich guy get all of his money back. It's still really funny and Carter does have a lot of really funny jokes in this episode and we'll get right into it, but first we have to do a little thing we like to call Concurrent Cartoons. Concurrent Cartoons. This week's Concurrent Cartoons starts off with a really funny episode of King of the Hill where Hank's boss, Buck, gets kicked out of his favorite strip club. Hank and the people at his work are disgusted to find out that if he can't have fun there, well, he's going to make his workplace fun. And he starts making him do all this crazy crap he learned from a stupid ice cream place, like singing songs and dressing up in funny costumes. Eventually, Hank uh, does get Buck and the manager of the strip club to reconcile, and uh, they the propane places employees all throw their fun stuff in a in the uh, dumpster while Hank lights it on fire and says, "You know, running a proper business can be fun too." And also there's a subplot where Peggy is just using her credentials working for the newspaper to get a bunch of free shit. Peggy's funny. Uh, the Simpsons episode was Wettest Stories Ever Told. It's a really funny episode. It's one of those episodes where it's not a Treehouse of Horror episode, but they do three stories. All of these stories have to do with things on the sea. It's really funny. Uh, I really recommend checking that out. And the episode of American Dad that played that night, because uh, this week, back in 2006, American Dad came back. It's the episode Roger and Me. 
It's a really funny episode, kind of based on Fatal Attraction, where Roger and Stan do this thing that makes them a lot closer, where Roger can learn everything about uh, Stan's life, and Roger takes on the role of the mistress. He even steals the line of, I won't be ignored, Dan! Uh, but instead of Dan, he says Stan. It's a really funny episode. I really recommend watching that one. And with that, we'll go ahead and get into our plot breakdown. This episode starts off with the guys going to a sex shop. Quagmire's super excited. He's dancing all over the place, singing, singing, make him laugh. It's really, really funny. Uh, they also do a uh, bit about Carol Burnett and Carol Burnett actually sued Family Guy saying that they didn't have permission to use that character it was dismissed I don't know how to feel about it Peter watches a old timey like nickel like a little nickel show to watch a, a dirty movie called The Naughty Flapper Girl who is just voting uh, and yeah, it's really funny. I think the point of the scene was that Peter gets his hands on some erotica because later at dinner, um, Meg grazes, Meg gets asked to babysit Stewie. She's like, no, I have a life. And, uh, we get a cut away to her at the mall as some teens leave. They're all like, let's go see a movie or whatever. And as they leave, she comes up and starts grazing on all the food uh, that they left on the table and uh, then the guy who works there comes up and bangs a tray and she runs away like a deer. Um, Peter says that he hates the erotic novel that he bought. He says it's not sexy at all um, and that he could write better better erotica than this. Lois is like, put that away. And he put that smut away at the table. He's like, I wish this was smut. Back at the bar, uh, he's like, Peter is telling all the guys that he's going to write a letter to the uh, erotic novel company and he does and in it he reads an example of what he would say in an erotic novel and all the guys are like whoa that's super hot man I would buy that and um, later on we get a cut to Peter reading to Lois in bed from his erotic novel and she's like wow that's really good Peter by the way none of it's good I'm going to have a clip later of all of the uh stuff that he reads uh, and it's not sexy but it's funny as hell um, but Lois suggests that she ask Carter for some startup money so that he can publish why she would think that would be a good idea I don't know but uh, Peter's like yeah um, you know I haven't run a business since I was a landlord for those rats and this is where we go to a really weird cutaway that critics on the Wikipedia and the fandom page have said this was not funny. It came out of nowhere. They don't know what the fuck was going on with it. I tend to agree. It's Peter. He's in like a... How do I describe it? He's like in what a plantation owner would wear. He walks down. There are these rats that speak with a Spanish accent. And Peter, I think, is going to rape the wife mouse in front of the man mouse for rent. Yikes, is all I'm going to say to that. Um, Stewie, he, Stewie has a little side plot in this. It's the tiniest of B-plots where he's training for the Olympics. He's trying to be a gymnast in the Olympics. He's doing his beam routine. Chris comes in, fucks him up. 
the side, side plot was before supposed to be that Stewie makes Chris really smart, but then he kind of fucked it up, and instead, and when he goes to try to like fix it, Chris is too smart. And they were like, it didn't turn out funny, so I guess they decided to go with more of the main plot and just a little bit of sprinkling this in here or there. Uh, he lays out Chris uh, just on the ground, and he does a, a really funny bit where he like puts this like thing up next to Chris and does a pole vault over it onto Chris using Chris as a beanbag. It's actually pretty funny. Um, and then later on, Peter is showing up at Carter's mansion. He's going to ask Carter for some money to do some publishing. Carter's like, yeah, yeah, I, I, there's $5 at the bottom of this jar. It's full of salt and barbed wire. And so Peter sticks his hand. He's like, oh, my God, why would you keep these two things together? But I guess he got the, I guess he got the $5. And there's a thing right at the beginning. It was 2006. None of us were good, I guess. But right when Carter opens the door, he sees this Peter, and he just goes, Oh, hello, homo. And I'm not sure how to feel about that. Not great. Not good. But, you know, it. I, I don't know. Later on, Peter gives out copies of his new erotic novel at the bar. Uh, all the guys are buying it. Ten bucks a pop. And he's like, yeah, you know, I took that $5 that Mr. Carter gave to me, Xeroxed this bad boy, and I haven't looked back. And this is where we get a little montage of books that he writes. He writes Angela's Asses, which is a joke about Angela's ashes. He does Catcher in the Eye, which is Catcher in the Rye, Shave New World, Brave New World. He also does a really funny Harry Potter one where it's Harry Potter and the Half Black Chick, which is really funny. Uh, and then also his last one is What I Would Do Sexually to Hillary Clinton. And the things I would do sexually to Hillary Clinton, if we could go back in time and have her just be president in 2016, are endless. Um, later on in a book signing, um, a guy walks up and says, I love your novels. He signs his book. A woman walks up. I think this might be the Tamara Maori character. But um, she's like, I love your books. It reminds me of this, that, and the other. And Peter's like, oh, that's cool. Hey, would you be offended if I told you that you have a fucking sweet ash she's like yes i would and he's like well then we are on two different wavelengths and then he signs her tits a peter a griffin thanks for reading we cut to a guy uh driving and he's listening to one of peter's books narrated by betty white and I believe the book is called uh, That One Black Chick from My Office who's maybe she's not black, but maybe some sort of Italian. I can't remember the exact title of it. But the guy's listening to it, and he's getting so hot, so horny. He's like, man, it's getting hot in here. I better take my shirt off while driving. Uh, he gets it stuck over his head. He crashes off the highway into Kool-Aid Man's house, who says, wow, you know, from the other side, that's not very fun. Uh that's where the commercial cuts in. We come back from commercial. A lawyer is showing up to Carter's house. He's like, Mr. Carter Peterschmidt? He's like, yeah. And he's like, you're being sued by such and such guy uh, because your erotic novels somehow made him drive his car off a highway. And um, Carter's like, oh, okay. Well, how about this? Why don't you sue me after you fight the Rancor? And he sends him down a fucking trapdoor. And this fucking uh, lawyer has to fight the Rancor, fucking kills the Rancor, climbs his way back up, and 
Um, and Carter goes, man, I didn't know Greenberg was a Jedi name, which is kind of funny. Um, later on, Peter's watching an episode of Blind Justice, which is just Daredevil without, like, being a badass, but whatever. Uh, there's a knock at the door. It's Carter. Peter's like, oh, hey, Mr. Peter Schmidt. And Carter's like, hey, Peter. And he's like, never, wait, no, never mind. And uh, he's holding a shotgun right in his face. He's like, what you up to? He's like, oh, I'm going to kill you. Uh, Lois stops him. And uh, he tells him that all of his money has gone from this lawsuit. And his wife left him for Ted Turner. Cut away to Ted Turner in a bath. And she's like, does Elmo want to play in the bath? And he's like, yeah. Does Telly want to play in the bath? Yeah. Does, does Ernie want to play in the bath? No, Ernie doesn't like the monsters. Any joke at Ted Turner's expense is really funny. I don't know why. Lois and Peter decide to take in Carter. He's like, yeah, we'll take you in, you filthy hobo. And uh, Carter starts talking shit. Lois tells Carter to be nice. Um, and then we get a cutaway to Julia. Peter says, yeah, you know, uh, you're part of this family. We love you as much as Julia Roberts loves herself. And we're going to play this later. I'm not, I don't know what Julia, I can't think of what Julia Roberts did to be like, to garner this fucking cutaway. We'll play it later. But she's just like, don't worry. The tsunami didn't affect me. 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 It's weird. There's a lot of cutaways in this that are weird. I don't know. Maybe Jennifer, or not Jennifer, maybe Julia Roberts said something after the uh, tsunami back in 06 that was really bad. We cut to Carter at breakfast. He comes in in his underwear. Uh, he's fucking useless. Uh, he's a fucking useless old piece of shit. Speaking of pieces of shit, everyone smells something, and it uh, turns out Carter doesn't know how to wipe himself. Uh, he asked Lois, I, th I just figured you did. No, no, Daddy, no. Brian, no, 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 I won't do it. And then Stewie pipes up, I'll do it. Fucking hilarious. Peter, Carter's like, oh, I'm so useless, and he runs off. And Peter decides to help uh, Carter. We get a weird cutaway uh, to... Peter sets up a cutaway to... Family Guy on the Tracy Ullman show, like how The Simpsons was on the Tracy Ullman show. Their characters are all, like, not well drawn. Their voices aren't exactly the same, just like The Simpsons. And um, The Simpsons, I think, took it as a slight. But I don't think it is. I think it's just kind of like, like, that's just something that happened, man. And, like, we said something about it. Your characters and voices weren't the same back then. And we made a joke about it. I don't think it's a slight against The Simpsons either way. Uh, we cut to Stewie trying to do his floor routine. Before he starts, he pretends to be the announcer and says, let me just remind everyone that this is not gay. He does his little routine, and most of it's silly, but he does pull off a fucking backflip at one years old. So, just saying, maybe he should be in the Olympics. Um, but right when the routine's over, Brian goes, gay. And he goes, no, no, didn't you hear the announcer? It's not gay. Uh, later on, Carter and Peter are riding the bus. Carter's like, so, like, these people, like, live here? And Peter's like, no, they, they use it to go places. Carter meets his lawn guy. I'm, I'm a lawn guy, so this was, like, extra funny to me, and I doubt anyone else. But Carter's like, you look familiar. I used to teach your yard. And then he's like, 
oh, well, I didn't recognize you, you know, without my yard under you. He's like, I don't take it with me when I go. And he's like, well, then I was right to trust you with it. And I don't know why, but that's really fucking funny. Carter and Peter go to the movies, and they're waiting in line. Um, <laughs> they're like, yeah, but this will make it way better when we get to see Renee Zellweger do her scrunch face thing. We cut to her in the movie, and they're, I think it's her and Jude Law at a picnic, and he's like, oh, these ants are ruining our picnic. And she's like, you mean the picnic is ruining our ants? And she's got the face of an anteater and starts eating the uh, the ants. It's so funny. And the song, uh, don't you turn around, pretty baby, starts playing. It's, like, really fucking funny. I don't, it's just making fun of Renee Zellweger and shitty early turn-of-the-century movies. Fucking funny. Uh, Carter convinces Peter later on. He's like, this is all bullshit. I hate being poor. And Peter's like, yeah, me too. So Carter convinces Peter to pull up his damn bootstraps and uh, he's like, you know what, Carter, you're right. Bring me my thinker grenades. And Carter hands him a thing of grenades, and Peter just starts just fucking throwing them out the window, and they explode. And he's like, yeah, boom, uh-huh. And I got a great idea. So their first idea is to distract Lois with Peter on a unicycle, and Carter comes in and steals the purse, and the call sign, by the way, when he has the purse is, Kaka, I have the purse, Kaka, and they run off. Uh, they got 40 bucks. Unfortunately, Peter spent 600 on the unicycle lessons. But you got to spend money to make money, champ. Moving on. Uh, they try to sell drugs to Meg, and it works. She buys their pot, and then Carter hits her over the head, and Peter's like, what are you doing? He's like, now we have the pot and the money, and they run off. And their last idea is this weird, it's uh, Dawson's Creek. They're trying to make their own teen drama that's called Quahog Creek. It's got Peter singing the theme song, which we'll play later. And it's got Peter and Carter doing like probably like a parody of a scene that was actually in the thing, but Peter's trying to get with Carter, who's dressed as a girl, which is funny because he's old and has a mustache. And it turns out that Peter gets a little into it, and Carter's like, whoa, whoa, stop, Peter, stop. You're weird. This is weird. Let's just do something else for money. This is weird. Stewie's gonna go do another pole vault. Oh no, he's doing just the vault. And uh, Brian's like, "Whoa, you can't do that in here." And he's like, "He's like, you're gonna hurt yourself." And Stewie's like, "Yeah, hurt myself right onto a Wheaties box, commie." And then he does the vault and he jumps face fucking first into a china cabinet. And when he gets up, he's got a fucking piece of glass sticking out of his forehead. He's like, "Oh, what do I do? What do I do? Do I leave it in or take it out? Leave it in or take it out?" And then we cut to. Um, Peter and Carter, they're robbing a train, they get on the train, and it turns out no one takes any fucking trains anymore. I've never taken a train. It sounds fun, but I know it takes longer, and I think it might cost more, but it just sounds like something, like, fun that you'd want to do. Ride a train before, you know, the end, I guess. I don't know. Um, but since there's no money to rob, and they don't want to take the guy's hole puncher because that would come out of his paycheck and that's that's Peter's a working man you can't do that to the guy they buy tickets not for first class for coach and uh, as they're walking back to coach uh, they see a poster from Mamma Mia and Peter's like oh Mamma Mia when did that come oh my god Carter you want to go see Mamma Mia and Carter's like hey Peter can I see you by the door and he's like yeah sure and he pushes him off the fucking train Peter goes rolling down a hill into Kool-Aid man's house fucking Kool-Aid man reprise comes back 
and Kool-Aid Man is just like, come on! Uh, our last scene is Peter and Carter talking about life and uh, the moment that Carter learns his motherfucking lesson that sometimes when you're rich and you own a lot of possessions, sometimes your possessions own you. His wife comes back in, says that she divorced Ted Turner and that they're rich now. And uh, he's like, cool, fuck you, Peter. Uh, I'm fucking out of here. And uh, Lois is like, look, it's okay. Money changes people. Look at the way it changed daddy. You know, a number of years ago, he offered me just $10 million out of the blue. And I turned it down because I knew that it would change us. And love is more about money. And the whole time she's talking, Peter's having a thought bubble uh, thought where it's just him killing her, burying her burning her body which no he burns her body or no buried I can't remember what you police come he says I don't know where the fuck she went and uh, then his thought bubble closes and she's like and that's what love is Pete and he's like yeah and that's where our credits come in and this episode leaves us with some burning questions like why not just make more erotica if it was making Peter so much money and if it was because you were afraid someone was going to crash their car because they were listening to your erotica and decided to take her shirt off in the middle of traffic, why didn't Carter fight that in court, like, at all? That is absolutely that guy's fault. And lastly, why don't people who say money doesn't buy happiness realize how fucking stupid they are? And with that, we'll end our plot breakdown, and we'll go right into frickin' sweet stuff. <laughs> Given the sexual nature of this episode's first half, we decided to come up with our own possible erotic novel ideas, and if you like any, please let us know, because we will write them. First up, Buddy Cop. Two cops that protect and serve each other. That 70s hoe, the erotic seduction of a younger neighbor by the septuagenarian living next door. Next, throw mama from the train, because we're fucking in it. That one's a little self-explanatory. Uh, to fuck a mockingbird, which is a poignant yet sexual tale set in a bird kingdom. Feathers will fly. Uh, and next, we would like to do a full list of the Harry Potter erotic novels for your enjoyment. Uh, first off, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Bone. Harry Potter and the Anus of Secrets. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Harry Potter and the Gobbling of Fire. Harry Potter and the Order of the Penis. Harry Potter and the Half-Black Chick, taken from this episode. And finally, and I'm actually pretty fucking proud of this one, Harry Potter and She Definitely Swallows. And now, a select reading from the erotic novel, Buddy Cop. Why can't I find the perp? said Detective Bud Munch. Maybe you're looking in the wrong place, retorted his partner, Detective Philip Mybot. Maybe you can't focus on this case because you're too busy looking for something else. Even if that's true, started Bud, I wouldn't know where to find it. Philip slammed his hand on the desk, causing Bud to look him directly in the eye. It's been in front of you this whole time. For six years, Bud. Bud looked confused at first, and then smiled. 
As they embraced, bandoliers and guns started hitting the floor and it suddenly felt a hundred degrees in that squad room. Yikes. That was way too easy for me to write. And to finish off this week's frickin' sweet stuff, we decided to go with something a little bit more highbrow, but still in the realm of novels, we'd like to bring you into our world of frickin' sweet books. Oh, finally, another reader in the family. You know, these are some of my favorite books and authors. Oh, what are you reading right now? Oh, boy. How you, uh, how you coming on that novel you're working on? Huh? Got a big, uh, big stack of papers there? I ain't ever read a book in my entire life. <gasps> never read a book. Peter's never read a book. Yeah, I read the first time. This week's frickin' sweet book is The Running Man. It's another Richard Bachman book, a.k.a. Stephen King. It was the fourth in his Richard Bachman books, the fifth being uh, Thinner. Uh, Richard Bachman was a pseudonym that Stephen King meant to have long-term, but it was leaked to the press, and he had to give it up. This book was released in 1982 and has the terrifying uh, ISBN number 978-0-451-11508-9. Oof. Uh, this is a t book, like I said, written in 1982. It's about 2025. It's a dystopian novel. The economy is in shambles, the environment is ruined, the government is giving people TVs for free to try to placate them, there are game shows that people are just getting horribly hurt in uh, to win money so that they can pay for medicine, all sorts of things. Our main character is uh, a desperate man. Um, described by Stephen King later on as pre-tuberculosis, kind of. So skinny, a rundown kind of guy. His wife's having to turn tricks. His daughter is dying. And um, he decides that his last-ditch effort is to go try to get on one of these game shows to hopefully win some money. Uh, he goes through a whole process. He ends up being able to be on the show The Running Man, which is the number one show in the future where they set you off. You're a fugitive in the entire country. All of its citizens are looking for you, trying to give hints to the show as to where you are for an extra hundred bucks. And there's an elite hunting squad after you. And if you can make it for a month, you win a shit ton of money. And it's really, it's a really fantastic book. It's really well-reviewed and it's got really high ratings all over the internet especially from goodreading.com and it's one of my favorite Bachman books I still like The Long Walk better because it's more of a psychological thriller but this book is so good he ends up learning a lot about the environment um, and he ends up exacting his revenge it's a really really well put together novel the way it works is, is there's a hundred chapters that count down from a hundred to the very end of the book and I cannot recommend reading this uh, this novel as much as I can re recommend reading Stephen King novels this one as well as The Long Walk are two of my absolute favorites and I 
don't know why Stephen King wrote a lot of his really deeper novels as Richard Bachman and why he'd want to keep those you know to a pseudonym rather than claiming them for himself I hope he didn't think that they were lesser in any way because they're they're very much not uh, there was a movie made in the 80s starring Arnold Schwarzenegger who is the absolute opposite of what the character is supposed to be. It's only loosely based on the book, pretty much taking the premise but nothing else, none of the none of the the morality stuff out of it, all of the talks about morality or the environment. It takes all of that out of it and it's just an action movie. It's a fun movie, I guess, as far as 1980s Arnie Arnold Schwarzenegger movies go. But, you know, it, like I said, it just takes a lot of the substance from the book. There is a new movie in production, uh, which I'm hoping is a lot more closely associated with the book. Uh, and I, I'm like I said, I'm just really looking forward to that. And we're going to finish up this frickin' sweet books with a reading from The Running Man. Now the jet cruised across the canal, seemingly held up by the hand of God, giant, roaring. A push freak in a doorway stared up and thought he was seeing a hallucination, the last dope dream, come to take him away, perhaps to General Atomic's heaven, where all the food was free and all the piles were clean breeders. The sound of its engines drove people into doorways, their faces craning upwards like pale flames. Glass show windows jingled and fell inward. Gutter litter was sucked down bowling alley streets and dervishes. A cop dropped his move along and wrapped his hands around his head and screamed and could not hear himself. The plane was still dropping, and now it moved over rooftops like a cruising silver bat. The starboard wingtip missed the side of the glamour column store by a bare twelve feet. All over Harding, freebies went white with interference and people stared at them with stupid, fearful incredulity. The thunder filled the world. Killian looked up from his desk and stared into the wall-to-wall window that formed one entire side of the room. The twinkling vista of the city, from South City to Crescent, was gone. The entire window was filled with an oncoming Lockheed TriStar jet. Its running lights blinked on and off, and for just a moment, an insane moment of total surprise and horror and disbelief, he could see Richard staring out at him, his face smeared with blood, his black eyes burning like the eyes of a demon. Richard's was grinning and giving him the finger. Jesus! was all Killian had time to get out. Healing over slightly, the Lockheed struck the game's building dead on, three quarters of the way up. Its tanks were still better than a quarter full, its speed was slightly over 500 miles an hour. The explosion was tremendous, lighting up the night like the wrath of God, and it rained fire 20 blocks away. Like I said, I cannot recommend reading The Running Man, the actual novel, more to anybody. Because it's 2022, we're three years away from the year this book was set in. Our economy is in shambles. The environment is failing. And this book is more poignant than ever. I truly, truly recommend everybody who can hear me right now read The Running Man. And tell me it doesn't look a little bit like now. And now the part of the show where I play clips. <laughs>
Guys, this is the best dirty bookstore in town. Family owned, great hours, and lots of parking in the rear. Get it? Wow, you usually expect these places to be dirty. Nah, it's pretty clean. Carol Burnett works part-time as a janitor. You know, when she tugged her ear at the end of that show, she was really saying goodnight to her mom. <laughs> I wonder what she tugged to say goodnight to her dad. Oh! Hey, Quagmire, what's through that door? Oh, that's the exit. Of course, in this place, every exit's also an entrance. Make them laugh, make them laugh. Don't you know all the world loves to laugh? I always try and find the hottest chick in the place. I crack her on the noggin with a lamp or a vase. And then when she's unconscious, I do stuff to her face. Make them laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh. Wow, Peter, that's a book, isn't it? That's the first time I've seen you reading something that didn't later turn out to just be a sandwich. Yeah, it's an erotic book. I bought it at that sex shop. I gotta tell you, though, I've read four chapters of this, and it's not sexy at all. Much ado about humping. Well, sounds sexy. Peter, would you put that away? I don't like you reading smut at the table. Yeah, if only this were smut, Lois. He rubbed her shoulders sensually. What the hell is that? That's not sexy. You can't do somebody in the shoulder. Why don't you and that book get a room? Do you hear what I said, Brian? I said, I said why don't you and that, that book get a room, yeah? Okay, I just want to make sure you heard. It was past midnight when the blonde, smoking hot lab assistant, who looked a little like Heather Locklear, only with bigger jugs, was grabbed and thrown onto the lab table. He ripped off her lab coat and she grabbed his metallic extension. Oh, did I mention he was a robot? Because that's kind of important. Yeah, a robot. Awesome. And then Captain Leroy Hot Dog Zanzibar and Gina from my work got in the backseat of his really cool spaceship. Gina was finally wearing that tank top I got her and nothing else. Zanzibar knew he couldn't control his space horniness any longer. And then they totally did it. And if I'd have been there, I would have been like, oh, sweet. I'm such a huge fan of Peter Rodica. There you go. Thanks for reading. Hi. Would you be offended if I told you your prose suggests a male working-class version of Emily Bronte? No. Would you be offended if I said I'd like to use your ass as a bongo drum? Yes. Well, then we are on two different wavelengths. Peter Griffin. Thanks for reading. Welcome to Peterotica on tape. I'm Betty White reading The Hot Chick Who Was Italian or Maybe Some Kind of Spanish by Peter Griffin. Chapter One. Oh, God, you should have seen this one hot chick. She was totally Italian. Or maybe some kind of Spanish. Oh, yeah. Getting hot in here. I better take my shirt off. Wow, you know, from the other side, that's kind of annoying. Then it's settled. You're staying with us. I promise you'll love it here. Even more than Julia Roberts loves herself. Hi, I'm Julia Roberts. You know, a lot of people died in the tsunami. But don't worry. I didn't. And I'll be here to entertain you and love my life for many, many years to come. Me. 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 <laughs> you sure this is gonna work, Peter? All I know is there's a lot of money to be made in these stupid teen dramas they keep putting on TV. And we're gonna get our share.
I don't want to wait for my lunch to get colder. Why can't I eat it now? I don't want to wait for the new Toyota. I want the car that's got a lot of gas. Come on, Joey. I want to be with you. Dawson, I'm just not ready to give up my virginity. Come on. No. I promised myself that I'd save it for the man that I marry. Come on. That's stupid. I'm I'm just not comfortable, you know? Well, I don't know. This, this is like the 90s, man. I mean, it's like everybody's... Come on. You saw me on that boat. I was wearing a blazer. Eh? Come on. No. I just... I, I, I don't want to. All right? I don't want to right now. I told you I'm not comfortable. I think you could respect that. You know? I, I, to, I you, do respect... I totally respect you. That well, just that, makes me want you more, you know? Just, come on, man. Let's just... Let's just go nuts. Let's just, no, I get, said... You know, I don't... Come on. I don't want... Uh, hey, hey, no, no. Peter, stop. Just stop. All right? Turn off the camera. God, I'm sorry, Mr. Pewdishman. I, I don't want to do this anymore. All right? You know what? You went too far. What? You went too far. I, that's his character. That's how... That's... that's I mean, he's that kind no, of a... No, forget guy. it. Forget it. You know what? It's just weird, man. It's just weird. You're weird. All right? Just get off it. Let's... Just do something else to make money. All aboard! All right, everybody, this is it. Hey, where the hell is everybody? Oh, we haven't had a paying customer in months. Nobody rides a train anymore. Oh, well, for God's sake. Uh, are, are you robbers? Yeah. Well, you could, you could take my wallet and my MasterCard's in there, although, to be honest, I'll, I'll probably just cancel it before you can use it, so... Oh, um... Uh, give me that hole punch! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, is this is this your whole punch or the, or the train companies? Well, that's you know what you know I got I got to pay for that. That that, that comes out of my oh. paycheck if you if you take it. Oh, right. oh really? Uh, yeah. Well, I can't in all good conscience take that then. Oh, uh, oh good. Uh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. That's yeah. No, I'm 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 a working man myself. No, it's tough out there. I, yeah. You know you oh, can't you know. It's tough. It is. Find um, a way. All right. Well, uh, can you stop this thing so we can get off? Uh, no. I mean, uh, I'd love to, uh, but it, it stops at the pre-designated stops. You know, I don't, I don't have control, you know, over that. That's oh. The engineer does that well, stuff. Uh, well, how, how much are your uh, tickets? Well, for this, this is a uh, first, first class cabin. It's, uh, 25 bucks. Wow. <laughs> and we're the robbers. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, uh, how much is coach? Uh, $12 for coach. Well, he's a senior. You know what? That, that's fine. Just give me two coach tickets. All right, thank you. Oh, wow. When did Mamma Mia come to the Oakdale? Oh, yeah. What? Uh, just a week ago, I think. Oh, well, yeah, we, we should go. Do you want to you go see Mamma Mia? Peter, could I speak to you over by the door? He takes the beam. The spectators hold their breath. As Stewie Griffin is America's last hope to take home the gold. Oh, oh, did you see that, Mitch? I sure did, Kathy. That was impressive. Here comes the dismount. Hey, Stewie, I just took a nap. You want an eye bugger? Ah! Oh, damn you, Chris. Look what you've done. I'm training for the Olympics, and I need absolute concentration. Uh, look at him. Look how fat he is. Hmm. All right, Kathy. It looks like Stewie Griffin is preparing to begin the floor routine. That's right, Mitch. And as we watch Griffin doing this, I want to remind everyone that this is absolutely not gay.
boy, that was really gay. No, no, didn't you just hear the announcers? They said it's not gay. Ha <laughs> ha, Stewie won you zero. Stand back, Brian. I'm preparing for my vault. You can't vault inside the living room. You're gonna get hurt. Yeah, I'll get hurt right onto a Wheaties box. I don't see that happening. Yeah, who cares what you say? You're a dog. You can't see colors, which means you can't see the colors of the American flag. Call me. I think I'm okay. Ah! Ah! Uh-oh! 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 Oh, God! Somebody! Do I take it out or do I leave it in? Do I take it out or do I leave it in? Ah! And that'll do it for freaking Sweet this week. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And... I know it's a little old, but speaking of Arnold Schwarzenegger, you really should go watch that video he put out about the Ukrainian-Russian war. It's, well, it might not be the most useful thing in the world, I'm not sure it's going to move the needle on anything, it's really a good story told by someone who's more interesting than people actually give him credit for. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, while he's known for being, wow, get to the chopper, he can actually speak really well when he wants to. So I would actually go uh, give that a watch if, if you've got the time. Uh, again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this episode is so fun. Uh, it's only sexy for the first half. The last half is a real pulling up your bootstraps to help the rich guy next to you get his money back, which I'm not sure how I feel about. But the Stewie plot was funny. There were some jokes in there. Next week's going to be really funny. It's, you may now kiss the, um, the guy who receives. Is it controversial? Maybe a little bit. But, you know, I feel like it just, it highlights bigotry uh, towards the LGBT community and how easy it is for that to be passed on and normalized to the point where people legitimately think that they can tell others who are hurting nobody or involving anybody in their life how to live. Uh, yeah, I've got some things to say about it. It's going to be fun. Uh, send us an email at frickinsweetfamilypod at gmail.com. Join us on Twitter at frickinsweetpod. You can check me out on Reddit at blackforestham3789. And you can head to our page anchor.fm slash frickinsweet. There you can check out our entire backlog of episodes, including special episodes, which we're working on more. And you can also send a voicemail, and we'll play it right here on the show. Or you can give us a little donation, because, hey, I could always use a couple bucks. And with that, we'll close it out for the week. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you later. It seems today that all you see is vile. Hey, a bag of weed, a bag of weed, or everything is better with a bag of weed. It's the only nothing you'll ever need, because... They try to defeat me, they can all just freaking eat me To make you call fellatio a trouser-friendly kiss Here's the plain situation Be sure that you see that this is not a chive Thank goodness it